This episode is brought to you in part by Harvest House Publishers and the new book, The Good Gift of Weakness. Discover how human weakness not only allows God's strength to shine, but it was all by His design. The Good Gift of Weakness is now available wherever books are sold. You're listening to episode 172, Just Breathe, of the in-between podcast where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be interviewing Bonnie Gray about what to do with our ever-mounting stress and how we can find peace in the craziness of life. Mm-hmm. Bonnie knows a thing or two about being stressed. During the first year of the pandemic, Bonnie Gray's once full black hair actually began falling out in clumps. Overwhelmed by the exhaustion of disrupted routines and pressure to meet expectations at work, parenting, ministry, and all of the things, Bonnie focused her attention on meeting everyone else's needs at the expense of neglecting her own. With her usual coping mechanism stripped away, she found herself drained by a stream of worries, stress, and anxiety. We can relate, can't we? Mm -hmm. Those were some really dark times. Yeah. Having healed from PTSD, Bonnie is passionate about helping people detox stress and flourish in emotional wellness with God's love through soul care, Bible study, and prayer. Bonnie is a trusted voice writing for Proverbs 31, Christianity Today, and Relevant Magazine. She is also the host of Breathe, the stress-less podcast. She loves hiking and eating waffles with her husband and two teenage boys in Silicon Valley. And at the very end of the episode, she will be taking us through a breath prayer, which has been instrumental in my life. As I struggle with high blood pressure, I have learned that incorporating breath prayer has helped keep my blood pressure under control. I will link a book that I have incorporated into my daily morning quiet times in the show notes too. Well, for all the links to this week's episode, go to inbetween.org slash episode 172. Let's jump into the interview. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us on the In Between podcast. We cannot wait to hear and learn from you. So thank you so much. It's so good to be here. It doesn't matter whether we're in California or Canada, even those are two C word countries. Um, <laughs> I'm just excited to be here. You know, it's like awesome as believers, we can just connect right away. Yes, exactly. I love that. And we call our podcast uh, audience our podcast family. So yeah, everyone just gather around. You're going to be in for a special treat with Bonnie. So we're going to jump in right to the first question and that you share in your latest book, Breathe, 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. Yeah, everyone needs the book already. We're all like, okay, we're going to buy this. (laughs) But you say in your book that you have experienced anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. Can you take us back to those darker days and share what it was like to struggle with your mental health? Yeah, I really appreciate that question that we start there because most of us hide those moments when we feel lonely, we feel sad, we can't sleep at night, we're taking a shower and our hair's falling out and we're stressed out or maybe our eyes are twitching and we don't know why, we're getting ringing in our ears. All these symptoms that I'm describing to you is what I was starting to experience when I was starting to experience anxiety. And in the morning when I would wake up, I just 
wouldn't feel like getting out of bed. And it's a different feeling when you're weighed down by feelings of depression than like, oh no, it's a tough day. I don't want to get out of bed. No, you're literally, your body feels like there are weights on it. When you're walking, you labor to walk. Like you're physically feeling this pressure in your chest. And so specifically Mm -hmm. for me, because I was struggling with panic attacks, that was my first sign Mm -hmm. that hit me. I was actually working on my first book contract and it was like a childhood dream come true. I just had two little boys. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I felt that I finally overcame my childhood like trauma. I didn't know it was trauma at the time. I was just like, oh, finally, I'm done with my childhood. I get to start over. You know, Mm -hmm. we all kind of have that dream. Like, finally, I found somebody that I love who loves me. And now we can start fresh and leave the past behind. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to be able to have that new start. But it was right at that moment when I had just the second baby boy. And I was blogging back in the day when blogs were a big thing. (laughs) And I didn't even know that I was going to get an audience through Mm -hmm. my blog. And the agent reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to write a book? Mm. And so I had thought God had always known that was my childhood dream. So I was writing the book and it was like going very well. My husband surprised me um, by booking a cabin in the woods and It would seem so idyllic, and yet it was there at this cabin as I was walking up to go to the cafeteria to have a meal. I started having trouble breathing. Mm. And those who have had panic attacks knows that it's, it's scary because you literally, your throat starts closing in, your heart starts beating like a jackhammer, and... I was unable to breathe and I dropped to the ground and I was so scared because the the earth started spinning around me. It there was a white light like when you're going to faint. It was that severe. So, I would say what was scary is that, you know, I thought, okay, I must have some kind of illness or disease or something and then when the tests all came back positive, that actually scared me more mm. than if something was wrong with me. Because that meant I had to maybe find a therapist. So I grew up the oldest in a single parent family. My parents divorced when I was seven and my dad left and I never saw him again. He never came back for me, never wrote me. I checked the mailboxes every year on my birthday, hoping he'd send me something. And, um, you know, everybody has something like that. Even as you're listening to my story, everyone has some kind of pain or ache where you feel like maybe it'll change. Maybe it happened during the pandemic. Life has just changed for you and you're hoping things can get back to normal, quote unquote, whatever that is. Or maybe your child is sick and you're, you're working through their you know, health challenges or your work um, just it's changed and you're hoping everyone relates to that feeling that you just mm-hmm. want things to change. And in my life in particular, I had so many of these questions. Mm. And so I always hid them away. So I never anticipated when, when I finally felt like I could start over again, that that was when my panic attack started. And then depression. It was so bad that even as I was driving, I'm not even worried or thinking about anything. There was, I got married later in life. So it was like in my 30s. 
So I already worked in Silicon Valley. I live here in California, Silicon Valley, and I I, I was the cheerful, you know, big sister type mm-hmm. of personality. I love being with people. I'm very social. So I just felt like really scared. If someone like me who has friends, I'm active in church and, you know, I, I've already been working, like, why am I not able to breathe? Why am I feeling depressed? And when you're in this place of anxiety, your brain is always worried. Right. So this is a sign of anxiety. It, you're, and we'll talk about more about this as we go on on our podcast. But your brain starts to worry about everything and you can't mm-hmm. turn it off. So many people who don't understand anxiety, they might feel, well, just stop worrying. Stop focusing on the, all the negative things. But what they don't understand is the brain, when it's in a stress mode, it automatically focuses on all the potential problems. And that's right. actually a God-given ability that God gives us. When the body goes into a stress mode, it hyper-focuses on solving problems. And that's actually the way it should work. Because if you're in a situation where um, you know, you're being kidnapped or you're in front of, they always give an example, you're in front of a tiger or a lion, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you're in a stressful station, you have to get out. Your brain mm-hmm. was made and created by God to focus, hyper-focus, and solve that problem. Mm. But if you've gone through a s- stressful, and we'll talk about it, whether it's emotional stress, physical stress, spiritual stress, or social stress, okay, the body reacts the same way. Okay. And so the brain will not shut off. So we have to learn to turn it off by turning the rest response on. God also created a counterbalancing re- response. It's called the rest and relaxation response, but we have to turn mm-hmm. it on. We have to do yeah. things to turn it on. So anyways, getting back to when you're asking me to describe the darkest time, the darkest time was when I didn't know that. And so I felt a sense of shame. Mm. I felt a sense of shame because I couldn't sleep at night. And with two little boys, uh, one was a baby, one was a toddler, I was so scared because, you know, when you can't sleep, everything, everything goes wrong. Right, yeah. Yes. And so um, I was really sad and lonely and I actually couldn't tell anybody. I realized that my social circles were good for like, I guess you would call a strong person, meaning I was Mm. leading groups and everybody knew me as this cheerful person. Like, how do you, how do you even begin to tell somebody like, oh no, I'm actually really depressed. Um, You know, I'm actually worried around the clock and I can't stop crying and my body hurts. Like, how do you even begin to say stuff like that? Right. So um, I did attempt to tell one person eventually, and mm-hmm. it was actually a leader in the church. And I shared with her, I said, you know what? Um, I haven't told anybody this, but I'm, I'm going to be seeing a therapist because it's not stopping. It's been now five months, and I'm afraid I'll end mm-hmm. up in the hospital. Yeah. And the first thing she said to me, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm here, she said, you know what? I think you're not trusting God enough. (gasps) No, she didn't. Oh, no. Yeah. She said, Bonnie, you need to be still and trust that God is God. Mm. There must be some area of your life you're not trusting God. Otherwise, this wouldn't Mm. be happening. Wow. Wow. 
And this was somebody who knew me, meaning <clears throat> I was an intern to be a pastoral ministry, pastoral ministry. And so she had known me for two years, you know, and it just broke me. It made me even more fearful because I became more alone. Like, oh my gosh, even now my faith, which has helped me through my hard times growing up in a divorced yeah. family, you know, helped me out of poverty, helped me to overcome obstacles to go to college and, you know, Wow, even something wrong with my faith, that was my darkest moment. And right. so many of you may be listening, you may be going through something like this. There's a challenge, it's so big. It doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't even have to have, you know, dealing with something like panic attacks, but it's so serious that you start wondering, why isn't my prayers working? Yeah. Why where where is God in this? This, you know, this thing in my life is terrible. Yeah. That that to me, if you're a person of faith, is the darkest moment where everything that has helped you in the past isn't working. And that is the most scary place to be. Well, Bonnie, um, so curious then if 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 the present, Bonnie, because there's there's been time that's elapsed, right, since then till till now. And and if you were to go back and 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 you know, your the the overwhelmed Bonnie went to the present Bonnie. Right and didn't hear what that other person said to you in the church, but but you were to speak to yourself back mm -hmm. then. What would you have said? Yeah, you know, I think that's really wise for you to ask that because um, this is my previous book, Sweet Like Jasmine. But mm. I started asking myself questions that I never asked myself, and that kind of led me on the journey of healing. So one of the first things I would ask myself, and I want to also ask our listeners to ask themselves is, what would you say to somebody if you could be more honest than you are comfortable with? Hmm. What would be your secret that you've been carrying about yourself or about your family or your friends or what has happened to you? What would you tell somebody if you were more, uh, you were willing to be more uncomfortable than you're willing to be. Hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, actually take a moment here and read this question because it's so important, and um, I want everybody to ask themselves this question. Yeah, thank you. You can hear the pages turning. Okay, what would you tell your younger self if you were willing to be more uncomfortable? than you're used to being. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, I do soul care coaching now. And that's one of the first questions I ask. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I say, okay, so, um, you know, if you could be more uncomfortable than you're willing to be, how if you could be more honest than you're comfortable being, what would you tell mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. And that's actually what ended up happening because – you know, I went back and I fell in a, the deepest depression I've ever been because I kept asking God, where am I not trusting you? I'm willing to change whatever it is you need me to do. And God right. was silent. And so I had a choice at that point. Okay, either I'm completely miserable and lost and I'm hopeless, or am I going to believe I don't, what I've always told others, that God is love, God is grace. God mm -hmm. loves me. It's like going back to the basics. Like if I truly believe that, that means God would tell me if something's wrong. 
And if he hasn't, then it's up to me to go find out how to, you know, heal whatever's broken. Mm -hmm. And so I went that way. I said, there's no way. If God really wanted me to know something was wrong, he would tell me just as he always had. So I went and talked to another person. And this was also another leader in the church. And praise God. (laughs) I hope that we can all be these lights, just as this one person did for me. She changed the trajectory of my healing. After I told her what was happening, she said, well, what's been some of the scariest moments? What are your most scariest thoughts that you've, you've, you know, you have thought? And I won't share it here. Okay. But I shared with her, it's in the books, but I shared with her the most scariest thought. Maybe I should share it. No, I don't think so. Because I want people to connect with whatever's worrying them. I don't want to inject my story, but I shared it. And she said, well, I guess I'd feel the same way you would. I would have trouble sleeping at night. (laughs) She's like, I would start having panic attacks. She's like, that's terrible. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that happened to you. Oh my goodness. And then she started telling me her story. She's like, oh, well, listen to this. This happened to me. And she told me this (laughs) terrible story that was so terrible and scary. But guess what? We were both laughing. We were both so happy to talk to each other about these terrible, scary, terrible things that happened to us. Yeah. So this is one of the key parts of healing is that we need to find somebody that we can share our hearts with. And when we're in that Mm. place of trauma, God wants to be with us through another person. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're believers. That's why we have faith. We need each other. And it isn't good for us to be alone. Our body literally stays in trauma. Our body literally starts, you know, sending these terrible hormones called cortisol that fires up everything that causes anxiety and depression and panic attacks. Now, obviously, there's, I talk about four different areas of healing I had to go through. That was my Mm -hmm. first one is a social, I call it, you know, social well being. So the book Breathe covers four different areas. And now I'm going to turn the tables on you guys. I want to ask you which area do you feel you're missing the most in terms of wellness? And as our listeners listen, Mm -hmm. you guys are also going to like share. Awesome. So, okay. Uh, there's four different areas. There's, uh, uh, think about it yourselves, okay, friends, as you're listening. And then uh, Daniel and Christina is also going to share their answers. Which area do you feel you're missing the most? Would it be emotional wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, or social wellness? I can go first if yep. you would like. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a verbal processor. So I'm like, okay, I got this. He may need a little bit more time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say physical wellness would be the one that I, um, in the last year or so, have struggled with. And that would be due to, so physical wellness to me um, means that my body is working in the way that God has designed. And for me, because of, I started um, as podcast family, you know, I started uh, my master's last year in the beginning of September. And I thought I had to be superwoman in all respects of my life. I was still homeschooling the kids. So I would get up at five o'clock every morning and I would still make time to do my devotions, do all that. But I would drink copious amounts of coffee to keep awake. And I would, when the kids would go to bed, I would be 
working, 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 having to try to achieve some sort of standard that I put on myself. And I started having some symptoms that I was like, "Mm, I don't know if that's maybe I'm just tired. And I went to my doctor for my checkup and uh, was diagnosed with um, high blood pressure, which I was shocked because I was like, wait, I don't have high blood pressure. I went like a few months ago and my blood pressure was completely fine. And he asked me and he was like, Christina, um, is there anything that has happened in the last few months that maybe could attribute to this high blood pressure? And I was like, oh, (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) And so that would be the part where I'm continuing to be uh, really present and learning. I was talking to my counselor about this and I was like, "I, I don't know when my body says no more, because I've learned and it's been appreciated in so many different spheres of my life to just push through. So I need to learn to listen to my body. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Mm. Mm. That's good. For me, it'd probably be social wellness as I, I'm more of an internal processor and, and even on the introvert extrovert scale, a little bit more on the introverted side of things. So for me, I mean, Christina's my best friend. I love hanging out with my family, our kiddos. And I, I, I recognize that immediately there's not this drive to have healthy or strong relationships outside of my immediate family. Now, knowing what I know and studied and all that stuff and have also experienced in life, there is huge benefit to having relationship and strong relationships outside of your family circle. But for me, there's just been a sense of, okay, what does that look like? Okay, we're starting, we're growing in these areas, and then there might be some relationships that have ended, friendships that have ended, or other pastors that I'm connected to. We have journeyed together for the last two years, and now that's over. So there's this sense of, okay, do I want to start up again? Do I want to reconnect or put in the effort required to grow in what I would see as social wellness, or do I want to just kind of revert back? (laughs) So that's the piece where I'm in this. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's that piece where I'm sort of in the middle of that with social wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's great. I mean, I think it's great that we're talking about it because you won't be surprised to hear this, but um, that often as I've studied more about uh, mental health wellness, but also as it Mm -hmm relates to scripture for men it is social wellness mm-hmm. and so you know i was struggling with what to call that area because social might mean socializing to some people mm-hmm. and it isn't it's really just being connected to others and so there's some interesting research and i want to kind of touch on these as our listeners are listening as you think about which area that you're needing most and i like to say which area you're needing most because we need all of them <laughs> but mm-hmm. what many times we just feel stressed and we just feel overwhelmed like oh my gosh so many areas of my life you know are like 
missing or not doing well and we just become frozen and then we just don't do anything. We just keep in survival mode. But mm. if we know which area we're missing the most, then it, it's much simpler. We can just yeah. focus on that one area. So I want to encourage people to take my soul care quiz. My soul care quiz, I created this quiz. It touches, it'll get a number on which area to show you're missing the most in terms of soul okay. care. Yeah, mm. it's at soulcarequiz.com. Mm. It's very easy to remember. It's called soulcarequiz.com. Now, remember, every number that you're going to get to see which area you're missing the most, it relates to soul care. So I just want to talk about what is soul care. Yes, please. Yeah, unpack that for us. Mm-hmm. So soul care is taken, inspired from what Jesus says in Matthew. And he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest hmm. for your soul. It's so interesting. Jesus says he will give us rest for our soul. He doesn't say rest for our mind. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Mm -hmm. We focus a lot on loving God with our mind. So this is the logic left brain. And this is where we understand God's word and we understand it from an intellectual point of view. And then there's loving God with our heart. In scripture, the heart is where we are loyal and faithful to serve others, to serve God by serving others. That's another area. And we focus on that too. You know, what are we doing to, right. you know, express our faith? But we miss on the soul. To me, that part was missing because as I was struggling with uh, my wellness, I was like, wait a minute, I, 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 everything in my life seems to be you know, in order, why, why is this happening? And Mm. I learned that I've been ignoring my soul and the soul, the original root word for soul is actually psyche. Hmm. That's where we get the root word for psychology. And the uh, root word for psyche is actually breath. Hmm. It's actually breath. And there are actually over 1000 references to the word breathe or breath. And so that's how this book came to be. I started categorizing, well, what are the different areas that this word breathe or breath comes out in scripture? And there's four different areas. It's these four areas of wellness we're talking about. Emotional, yeah, emotional, uh, spiritual, physical, and social. Mm -hmm. And so uh, psyche is your personality. Mm. So this is how God created you. So in terms of social wellness, it's interesting the studies show, and because I actually have an engineering background, I studied engineering um, in college, not because I really wanted to, but (laughs) I grew up in poverty. So it was like the most practical thing I could do to help myself and my family come out of poverty. But um, my Mm. passion was writing. But anyhow, so back on the science, I'm really into science. And so I needed to know because it always feels selfish. And that's one of the first uh, challenges of soul care, which is taking care of your soul, like you, Mm. Daniel, Christina, Bonnie, listener, you. (laughs) It feels feels selfish. This is the first biggest challenge. Anytime I meet with anybody, they're like, oh, but I feel so selfish. I mean, there's so many bad crazy things that are going on, you know, whether it's like with my family or whatever, my job, it's like, it feels selfish to focus on myself. It feels unspiritual. And I said, well, look here, Jesus says, come to me, all these burdens you're carrying. I want you to come to me so you can find rest for your soul. 
for you mm. personally. Not only that, if you look at verse 29, Jesus says, learn from me and you will find rest. Those are two key words that are action. We have to learn how to nurture ourselves. Hmm, we have to yeah. learn about what it is that gives us this feeling of rest and stress relief. And we have to find it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I want to touch on uh, you know some practical areas that uh, in our time just to give you some tips and hopefully it'll be you know enjoyable and engaging enough that I do hope that you pick up a copy of this book because you know I'm on the other side of healing okay it, it's taking mm-hmm. time it's a journey for me I mean, it's a journey for everyone but right. I said okay you know what would I want to say to that younger self you call it you know it's really become a ministry which is a surprise to me like oh now, this is what I want to say to others. So they don't have to struggle so much as I did. And what I mean mm-hmm. struggle is that you don't have to feel alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say we can, you know, avoid struggling. I mean, if if the, we need to heal, then we're that means there's things we need to change. And that's that's always going to take, you know, tremendous amount of courage and we need each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I'll start with the physical wellness because Daniel was uh, sorry, social wellness because Daniel was brave to share. Um, (laughs) Way to be brave, babe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Christina's brave too. Um, I just want to say to be brave me. (laughs) Yes. The social wellness is brave, especially, right? Because, you know, that's his challenge and he's sharing. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, So it's interesting. I'm going to start with the scripture and then the science. So in social wellness, Jesus's most, um, his most anxious night was when he was going to be betrayed. And so it's interesting, yeah. um, Jesus, we know in scripture, always prayed alone. You know, we say, we, we see these images of Jesus, you know, retreating into the wilderness and praying with God. But this first time in scripture, he is praying with three people on the worst night of his life. He, mm. He's like in the worst shape. It says that he fell down on the ground on his face. He was sweating with, you know, like it was blood coming out. I mean, if you've had a panic attack, that's what it feels like. You're literally choking, mm. falling to the ground. You're sweating from head to toe. Your body's just completely expelling. You're exhausted. That's like Jesus. And it was in the worst night of his life, he decides to bring three friends with him. Three. Mm. Wow. Well, guess what? Mm. There is a study that shows that it was a study in sociology about loneliness and that three is a very important number. This is your closest circle of confidants. Three is the number that you want, not 10, not 12. And in fact, we can only handle, there's three levels. The book talks about this in Breathe, but there are three Mm -hmm. levels of um, what's healthy relationships that you need. About 100 is the max. Your brain cannot keep in touch with more than 100 people in terms of like, say you have a wedding or you have a Mm -hmm. super, super big, you know, I don't know, 50th birthday bash. (laughs) You're inviting all your friends. 100 is the most in terms of meaningful acquaintance that you can have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're talking about meaningful acquaintance relationships. Not to say you need 100, but that's the max. Your brain just can't process more than that relationally. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, you know, our culture is more like the greater number of followers, the greater number of likes, then, you know, you're, you're valuable. Mm. Your life is important and valuable and you're interesting. But it's interesting that a hundred is actually the max. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. The next level yeah. is actually 12 to 15. Hmm. This is kind of your social circle where you maybe can do things and you can keep up with people. This is the max. Again, remember, 12 to 15, max doing things together. This could be throughout the year. Okay, but three is the magic number in terms of close confidants. Okay. So this is a very, very good special number to cultivate and to grow towards. So don't feel bad if you don't have those three. You just want to start with one and nurture and two. And it takes at least a year's worth of meeting for an hour in order to feel like a friendship moves beyond the acquaintance level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, I yeah, see that's that helpful to life. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so in scripture, there is a uh, wonderful passage, as you often hear it in weddings, but it says that, um, you know, if one falls down, the other can help them up. Mm-hmm. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Three. So there you see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So uh, one thing that uh, you can do for social wellness, was very interesting, is that you could just talk about how you feel and not just what you're doing. So there's a UCLA mm-hmm. study that uh, did a brain mapping. They had people watch a video of people that are experiencing negative emotions. So they're just watching, okay, people that are angry or sad or stressed or frustrated, and they hook their body up to biometrics, and they found that their blood pressure went up. Mm-hmm. Their pupils began being dilated. Their heart rates mm-hmm. just increased. So many of us, whether we're at work or our family or we're parents, or in ministry, simply being around other people that are experiencing negative feelings will stress your body. Yeah. Will stress your emotions. (laughs) Will put your body under stress. Now, they had them watch it a second time. The only thing they had them do differently is to name the negative emotion. Oh, And guess what? Just by labeling, by naming what they were seeing, their Mm. pressure went down, their heart rates went down. Fascinating. Right. Right. So we were not created to be alone, meaning there needs to be some space in our lives where we're meeting with somebody and we can talk about how we feel, not just what you do. And you can try this because once you start doing it, it can be very simple. But then you ask the other person, how about you? How are you? How have you been feeling? They're going to reciprocate. Right. They will. And so just from that little interaction, and maybe initially it's just a few sentences, And as Mm -hmm. your friendship develops over time, you might share a little more. You don't have to talk so much about what it is. Right. It's how you're feeling about it. So that's my tip for you because that will immediately put your body, turn on the rest mode. Remember Mm -hmm. I talked about that? So even just labeling it will turn on the rest mode. What does the rest mode do? It releases a counterbalancing hormone against lowers cortisol, releases serotonin. The serotonin is that feel-good hormone that will help you to feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. How about physical wellness? Yeah. So physical wellness um, is the first sign that many women will experience. So studies show that women um, are overly responsible and they have more burnout than men Mm. because women are overly responsible. Yes. <laughs> Not that men don't feel this way, but if you feel like you're the only one uh, when something's going wrong in anybody's life around you, you're the one mm. that has to pick up the pieces. Mm. So women tend to suffer burnout more than men. 
And so physical is the first sign for most women and including myself, because I didn't even know I was stressed until, you know, I started, hair started falling out, couldn't sleep at night, whatever your symptoms are. So one of the um, most important things with uh, physical, I want to talk about uh, the tip for insomnia, because Mm. that's one of the first signs that you can't turn off your brain. Mm. So here's something interesting. So melatonin is very popular now to take melatonin supplements. Okay. Well, how does your body create melatonin? Mm. And this is fascinating. It's serotonin. It takes the amount Mm. of serotonin you have that you release during Mm. the day. And then when it becomes night, it's fascinating. God creates such a beautiful body and the way it works. When the sun goes down, the body starts to convert the serotonin into melatonin. Oh, okay. So if during the day you look at your day and it's mostly filled with stress-producing activities mm-hmm. and there isn't any serotonin, means activities are moments where you can relax and re- you right. know enjoy something that gives you peace or joy, okay, you're not going to have a lot of serotonin to turn into melatonin. That's mm. right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to relax your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So the tip is that you need to do more things that help you to have more what I call green zone or blue zone. So I started having to learn like, okay, if you were to map your day, everybody everybody can think about if you were to map your day, if you start taking notes, would you have more red zone, red and orange? orange red is like you're completely stressing out. Orange is like okay. I'm under pressure and I have to perform. Would yeah. it be more orange and red? or it would be more green and blue. So green is just like very relaxing, really chill. Blue is like mm. engaging in kind of, you know, activity to help give you peace or joy. So would it be more blue and green or would it be more orange and red? Mm. So this is really key to physical mm. wellness because you have to create more things that are blue and green. And for okay. me, somebody like me who's more used to taking action to like fix things, and overcome yeah. hard things. That's, I mean, I'm good at that. I'm good at pushing through. Um, it actually creates more orange and red. So I actually had to decommit hmm. and shed a lot of things where I perform very well. Wow. So you're like taking things off your plate. Yes. Because there's no way. Uh, How can okay. I do blue and, you know, green stuff? Right relaxing that gives me joy it gives me peace or gives me comfort there's no way because everything's packed more towards Mm. orange and red Ah, so okay my my life was mostly orange meaning performing helping others doing things getting things done that Mm -hmm. was necessary early in my life that was necessary god gives us faith faith for those times we need to overcome we need to be strong we need to Mm -hmm. push through Absolutely true. But God did not create our bodies to do that indefinitely. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true. Okay. So for somebody that's like me or us, this is very hard because I've never had a life of blue <laughs> and green. Like green. that's mm-hmm. like from Mars. Like, oh, what would help you relax? <laughs> what would give you joy? What would you peace? Like, you know, at the time I'd be like, please. You know, get behind me, Satan. You know, it's more like, I'm just struggling to survive here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're getting me off track. Like, stop it. You know, I don't need that stuff. (laughs) Learning that, no, it's your soul. Like, 
if you were to mm. do that, I mean, this book will convince you as you go through all the scripture, like, mm. oh my gosh, actually, you know, what if you gained the world, but you lost your soul? Oh, wow. You read that differently now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. If you understand what the soul means for yeah, sure. Right. So Bonnie, I would love to, um, if you could help unpack this for us, then you're talking about um, the stress and the cortisol and all of that. How do we, how do we go from those who are um, maybe living in the, in the orange and the red zones to breath prayers? Cause that's really what your book is about of just being able to um, understand what breath prayers are and how we can apply those to our life and really what's the importance of that. So if you could unpack what breath prayers are and how you've seen it change your own life uh, and maybe nurture your own soul as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one really practical way to light up that darkness that we started talking about is mm-hmm. to breathe in God's love and breathe out our worries to Him. Mm-hmm. And we want to intentionally write down God's promise from Scripture, not to memorize it, but to practice our breath prayer. So we know that God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light on our path. But we usually use it for our left brain. So breath prayer uses our soul. So what you do is it's a simple way. You use a natural rhythm of your breathing and God's word. So breathing breath work is very popular in our culture right now. There's a reason because everybody's stressed. So when you breathe in deeply through your nose, you breathe out through your mouth, it's kind of like blowing out candles. So we're going to practice right now. We're going to breathe in through our nostrils, breathe in through our nose, inhale, and then exhale, purse lip breathing. So it's kind of like blowing out your candles. And those that are moms know that that's part of also when you give birth, you need to Breathe, breathe out through your your lips. It actually helps calm and turn on that rest and relaxation response. In order to give birth, you need to relax, even under pressure. And so, breathing yeah. is a way to quote unquote mechanically almost like it's a sure way, absolute sure way of helping your system, nervous system relax. And I had to practice Mm. this when I was going through anxiety and panic attacks. But as believers, we add scripture so that we can use the natural breathing as a way to release our worries to God. So uh, every time we breathe in, we breathe out. um, As you, you know, whatever scripture you feel is meaningful to you lately, I'm going to have for our practice 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so we're going to inhale, I cast my anxiety on you, and exhale because you care for me. Okay, so we're going to inhale, inhale. I cast my cares on you. Exhale because you care for me. Again, inhale. I cast my cares on you. Exhale, because you care for me. And with each breath you take, you can name each worry and exhale and give it to God. Hmm. Love that. So simple. Yeah. And profound, (laughs) right? Leveraging how God created our minds, our bodies, and syncing that up with scripture where, I mean, when we look at scripture, the life-giving nature of it, the the soul-enriching side of it, and 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 mixing that together is so powerful. Thank you for leading us through that, Bonnie. Yeah, and I was um, as you were talking about breath prayer. I know this has been been a big practice for me in the last year, where just the 
as I was in the orange and red zone a lot in my physical stress, um, I realized that I was holding my breath a lot. Actually, I wasn't even breathing. I was just like kind of you're you're just white knuckling it through. And even noticing those times when it was, Christina, you need to breathe. Just breathe. Like just exhale or inhale. And then but being able to couple that with scripture. So the one that really I practice is um, the Lord is my shepherd. And then I exhale, I have everything that I need. And that's the one thing that I've been, um, yeah, going through. So thank you so much, Bonnie, for taking us through a breath prayer. And as well as just really, I mean, we love brain science here. (laughs) Y'all know that. Mm -hmm. We love it. And just understanding the theology uh, behind it, but as well as the, um, yeah, the therapy, the therapeutic side of it. So we thank you so much, Bonnie, for joining us on our podcast. And we'd love for you to uh, let us know, let our podcast family know where they can reach out to you, maybe where they can find out more about soul care and where they can pick up um, not even, not just this book, but your previous book, Sweet Like Jasmine as well. Yeah, you just take the soul care quiz. That's a great way to get connected to me. Go to soulcarequiz.com. Again, that's soulcarequiz.com. You could take that quiz and then in response, you'll get the results and you'll also get uh, where you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Bonnie Gray. You can have an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. You'll hear about my podcast, which is called Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. So all the good stuff is through invitation for you to take a soul care quiz. And that'll be a Fantastic. great conversation starter as well. Awesome. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie, for being with us today. Thank you. Isn't it amazing to think of what breathing can actually do for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating to think about the positive effects it has on our bodies and also the negative side effects when we don't breathe. I find myself so much more aware of how often I actually hold my breath when I'm stressed or overwhelmed. It's quite shocking. I have to tell myself, Christina, you are not breathing. Mm. I am thankful for the awareness I have now because it is changing the way I come to Jesus and find rest in him. Come to me who are weary, burdened, and breathless, and I will give you rest. Well, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. We would be honored if you would share this episode with a friend or family member that came to mind. Perhaps you know someone else that's feeling overwhelmed lately. This is the perfect episode to send them. You can click the share link on your favorite podcast app or send them the link inbetween.org slash episode 172. That's where you'll find our show notes and more information about Bonnie and all the amazing things that she does to bless the body of Christ. We'll catch you next time.